Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to yet another Ask an Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer. With me is Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. We're broadcasting live from the Adafruit factory in downtown Manhattan. This is behind us, is where we do all of our manufacturing and kitting and shipping and videoing and tutorialing and guiding and photography and more. Uh, it's a factory, we make things, it's advanced manufacturing. Um, but for the next hour, the factory's asleep while we manufacture content. About one hour of the latest and greatest news for makers, engineers, hackers, artists, and more. Mr. Lady Ada, what's on tonight's show? On tonight's show, the code is Bith. May the fourth be with you. The code is Bith because of... Lady Ada's favorite characters from one of the Star Wars. That's right, Bith, uh, they're peaceful, they're intelligent, they're sentient, uh, they're musicians. They can't cry. And uh, could not shed <laughs> tears. So the code is Bith, 10% off on Native for Star all the way up to 11.59 p.m. or when I remember to turn off the code. Correct. Use the code and happy May Bith. 4th to you. Okay, next up. We talking about our live series shows, including Show and Tell. Just did that. Thank you, JP and Liz. Time travel, look around the world, makers, hackers, artists, engineers. We have everyone's most feared and favorited segment, ship shortage. This week, we'll be talking about ST. Got some jobs from the Adafruit Jobs Board, jobs.adafruit.com. We are an advanced manufacturing company made in New York City. We'll be showing some factory footage and more. Some 3D printing. INMPI, what a uh, special, I think this is going to be one of my favorite ones already, tail gloss, and a horse stops by. New products, top secret, we answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, join all 34,000 of us. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. All right. The code is not case sensitive, I just did that so you can read it. It's easy to read. So yeah. Maybe the new song will be that. Could do that. Um, so let's uh, kick it off by paying some bills. That's that right. Was Beth, but Lady Ada, when people um, put stuff in their cart, they get free stuff. What do they get? That's right. $99 or more, you get a free uh, Promo Proto half-size breadboard. Uh, $149 or more, you get a free selection, one of a selection of STEM QT boards that we have available, various sensors and more. 
and one ninety nine or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. It's trackable. It's insured. We'll be changing up the freebies uh, maybe this month. So uh, if you place an order, this might be your last chance to get some of these freebies. Yeah. And, uh, we'll have little, different freebies. Yeah, a little, and just a heads up, uh, with shipping costs going up quite a bit, we might need to change the tier for free shipping, so you may as well get on it now while you can. Um, do, 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 do. You know, the best time do, 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 do. is now. Um, don't forget to get two-factor authentication on your account on Adafruit. So you sign up for an account, verify it, then do two-factor authentication. The reason for that is there's a lot of high-demand products, and we do two-factor authentication. We do lots of other stuff, but this is just one of the things that helps make it fair for everyone out there to get the products they know and love. So thank you for doing that. Also, it's just good practice. Um, I see in the news that GitHub will be requiring two-factor authentication on all repos for developers mm -hmm. by 2023, which is smart. It's a good mm. idea. Okay. Um, Lady Ada, we do a live series of shows every single week. Yes. To. Uh, That's right. I like, to, I like to stream it, stream it. I like to stream it, stream it. Stream so, it. Um, <laughs> I'm full of song today. Yeah, you're full of song. Um, we just did show and tell. Thank you, Liz and JP. Liz, uh, she's been doing stuff for, for a while, but a newer member of our team, co-hosting with JP. So we're going to watch it. I glanced over at some of the show and tell participants. I'll watch that tonight. Um, do check it out on any place where you watch our videos. On Sunday, we do Desk of Lady Ada. And it's in two parts. Lady Ada, what was part one of Desk of Lady Ada? Okay, well, first up, we showed some beautiful images from when we went to the Berkeley Botanical Gardens, and we saw some pink uh, cherry blossoms that were in full bloom. And then we came home and we worked on electronics. Um, I showed off um, this CP2104 um, replacement chip, the CH9102. I tried it out on a feather. ESP32 worked out great. It just made sure that the baud rate was all good. I also showed off a USB PD chip um, a cable and then the chip that's inside of it and then um, a breakup board that I designed that you actually uh, recently posted up the video, I think, or the, the images on uh, Twitter so people can, can check out um, that design in more detail. Um, USB PD basically lets you get multiple voltages from a USB wall adapter um, without boost converters or buck converters or all that. And you get a lot of current, too, so it could be really good for robotics projects. Okay. Then we did the great search, Lady Ada. What was the great search this week? The great search this week. What was it? Oh, right. Uh, it was purple and pink LEDs because we're going to be doing a run of the pink RP2040s as a giveaway. And you mentioned that um, it would be nice if it had a pink or purple 0603 LED on it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that would be a good idea. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I sourced some parts on... Uh, DigiKey, and I also showed in general how to get um, LEDs in the color you want because um, it can be a little tricky. There's a lot of different LEDs and there's different, uh, the names of the colors may not necessarily be the color you want. So how to use the nanometer um, selector to find the, the exact color that you're looking for. Okay. Then there is JP's product pick of the week. We do this every single week. Uh, I was reading an article about the future of e-commerce and they're talking about how um, really advanced, innovative companies will have live video about how the products are made, live broadcast with people who make it or uh, some of the information about it, but it'll be live. It'll be a, a, a participatory experience, yeah. like a concert, but for buying stuff. Kind of like, you know, the old days with QVC. Um, Which so I we, loved as a Yeah, kid. so we've been doing this for a while, and JP broadcasts from the product page itself, 
Every single week, the discount's automatically applied. Take it away, JP. The Feather ESP32 S2 TFT. This is a fantastic board. It's kind of one of the most modern feathers that we have since it has USB-C on it, which I love. It has a Stemma QT port on it, so you can just plug a sensor or something into that. Just plug that right in, into the, uh, the top there. On the back side, you see we've got the big ESP32 S2 package on there, as well as most of the rest of the charging circuit and passives and, and voltage regulator and so on. Uh, this can plug into a breadboard. This can have things plugged into it. It can go into a doubler, into a tripler. You can solder things directly to it. So uh, you've also got mounting holes on there. So you can really use this like you use any feather. But the fact that you've got this great looking uh, sharp, colorful display on there allows you to get a lot of projects done uh, really, really easily. That's my product pick of the week. It is the Feather ESP32 S2 TFT. All right, and then on Thursdays, it's JP's workshop. And then here's a little bit of a preview of a project JP's working on. So this is um, kind of the new normal. That phrase has been used a lot, but there's such a scarcity on parts that you, you build projects with parts that you can get and electronics that you can get to let you know when something is in stock that's harder to get. So uh, we have this thing that will sound an alarm when a Raspberry Pi is available to purchase on our site. Kind of reminds you of the bat phone a little bit. Um, on Fridays, foamy guy, Tim, does deep dive. Filling in for Scott, he'll be back soon. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern time, where you can do a literal deep dive in all the innards of CircuitPython and more. Check that out this week. Time travel. Let's look around in the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. I'm going to time travel back to the beginning of the show and say, um, <laughs> yeah, so apparently it is uh, case sensitive right now. So yeah. all lowercase, B-I-T-H. I, you, know, I, you know, there's parts of my mind that are a little dusty because uh, they don't have to use them. So um, Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know that. I don't know either. But who knows? Uh, all lowercase definitely you works. You love lowercase, though, so that's fine. I know, fine. I know. You should just stick I did it. that just so it was more legible because I didn't want anyone to think it was B-L-T-H because, you know, how. anyways, I got to. Maybe choose a different font next time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the things that we do every month is the IoT, Inter Internet of Things Monthly. This is, I think, the best IoT newsletter out there because it gives you all sorts of projects that you can do. It shows you hardware you can buy, not even from Adafruit, but if you want to, that's cool. Um, this month, this is neat. This is a IoT thermometer with Adafruit I.O. Whippersnapper. So this is a no-code, just drag and drop really fast, and you can display this. So if you want to know the temperature of a place in your home or somewhere else, easily do this with no-code and um, free on Adafruit I.O. So we have that project. And then this is kind of the other side of the, the IoT coin, as they, not a crypto coin, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, so we covered this, so Insteon, we're keeping the lights on, uh, turn the lights off. So um, the home automation company abruptly closes and like people are working on like how to get around this, which is currently happening a lot. 
And so one of the things that you know we made our promise is like you don't have to worry about that with us. It's not a venture-funded um, company that just does these services. So folks who have this you know tied to their homes are like, well, the service has been down for three days. Uh, the company status said all service online. The company forms are down, and no one's replying to users on social media. So my favorite um, is when there's a phone number and like it just rings and rings and you get a voicemail. Yeah, um, Home Assist, an open source home automation project, supports the devices, and there's a blog post on how to integrate these together. But um, you know, this is why we made Adafruit.io. One of the reasons because we didn't want people to have hardware that was they're using it for important things or you know like what's important like your home. It, it's it's subjective, but I would say that if you have your home set up so. If you forget to leave the garage door open or if there's a leak in the basement and it texts you, that's pretty important stuff. So anyways, um, thanks for the folks who have pro accounts um, and thanks for the folks who buy hardware, that's what helps. Um, but we don't have uh, that in the future where you wake up one day and all of a sudden your stuff isn't gonna work. So um, we'll keep at it. Thanks for using Adafruit.io. Adabox. Um, we are going to be shipping Adabox. We moved the next box because we can't get all the parts we need. First, it was going to be winter. Then we're like, yeah, maybe spring. Uh, now it's just, it's for, it's straight up spring. Well, I think we had the blossoms, the cherry blossoms at the beginning of spring. Yeah. Okay. So it's spring-like. So we're still working on it. Still waiting to get the last remaining bits. And uh, we'll keep everyone updated. Thanks for your patience. We're full. So what's happening is when people drop out of Adabox, you might be able to briefly sign up to get in the slots, but we have like five or 600 people waiting. So we'll see, we're trying to figure out maybe we can expand the offerings when we have the boxes ready to go. But thanks for your patience, adabox.com. Okay, it's everyone's favorite segment, you ready? Sung in engineering stand-up meetings every morning around the world, around the country. This week's chip shortage, Lady Ada, is ST. And um, you were saying it was a little bit like uh, Mad Max around here. So I have a little clip of who runs Bartertown. Who runs chip shortage town? Who runs Bartertown? Who runs Bartertown? You know who. Say. Master Blaster. I think the refresh button runs Barter Town or Electronic Shortage Town. So. I mean, it really is Barter. I mean, it's every, everyone's just like scrounging around for yeah. whatever they can get. It's like a... It's we don't like get a, the gasoline. Yeah, it's a gasoline, but yeah. it said it's chips that you need to fuel your projects. All uh, right, so it's ST this week. So this week, we're actually doing a favor for our BFFs over at MicroPython. We were chatting with them. More about that later. Happy nine years old, Everything's MicroPython. Great. Everything's we're going to talk about MicroPython in a big way in our Python on hardware segment. Um, but we're doing a solid, as they say. Yes, because... Um, MicroPython Micro needs chips because MicroPython, you know, we have like 4,000 products. So, you know, if we can't get one thing, it's okay, we'll get something else. Um, and we can also put a lot of money into um, inventory and, and ordering ahead of time. But they're, they have one product or two products, really. And one is the Pi Board. Um, and the Pi Board has an STM32F405 on it. And they really, really need some chips. And this is an important project. Um, 
and not just to promote ST, but to keep the Python hardware community going because um, selling Pi boards is how MicroPython supports and um, funds a lot of the development that they do. So it's really important that they get chips. Um, so our, our chip shortage video this week is uh, to ST. ST, please, please, please uh, get MicroPython 500 to 3000 of these STM32 F405 RGT6s. Uh, they desperately need them. It's going to, you know, they haven't been able to get them for a long time. Um, they desperately need them in order to keep uh, MicroPython going and to keep the funding going so that they can uh, continue the development um, that people who buy ST microcontrollers use. They're doing uh, so much free development for you. I think, I don't even think you should charge them for the chips. I think you should send them a real well, for free. I don't, no, you know, no one's asking for anything free. It's just like. No, I don't know. It, it's worth know, asking. Yeah, so I guess here, since. <laughs> Maybe you, if you kept buy chips, can you, can you get since, free chips? Since you're a domain <laughs> expert, as they say in the biz lady, where do you think these chips are going? Um, I think these are going into a lot of products. I mean, ST, STM chips are very popular. They're used in industry. I don't think they're necessarily going into automotive, but I think they're going into a lot but of see, industrial this products. This seems to be the default. But, you know, you hear about, like, oh, people, there, there's not manufacturing. People aren't building as much stuff. So, like, where is it going? It's mysterious still to me. Yeah, and they're also, you know, there, there are, these chips are available, but the prices are, like, three times, five times yeah. as high. And, and MicroPython can't support that. They need to be able to sell the boards at a price that people will purchase. And so that's yeah. why it's important that ST provides the chips um, and not to go on the secondary market where, where you can get untrustworthy uh, chips. Yeah. They could be not true. They could be um, you know, fake chips that are rebranded. Um, so they need genuine parts and they need them soon. So this is yeah. our, our chip shortage request with our catchy tune. Yeah, and we'll send this out to ST and our contacts there and uh, maybe um, they have some small allocation that they can help MicroPython with. I don't, it's not even for me. I don't want the chips. Yeah. I'm good. They need the chips. If they sent us the chips, we would just send them to, that's right. to uh, Damien and MicroPython. That's right. So anyways, that's uh, this week's chip shortage. Take it tune. Okay, help wanted jobs at adafruit.com. You can post your job if you're a company, post your skills at jobs.adafruit.com. This week, there's two, they're pretty neat. Um, basic 3D modeling required. This one could be anywhere, Free Radical Labs LLC, freelance. And then this one is an in person one, Makerspace Manager at Chapqua, New York. Cool gig, you would be managing a makerspace. And beautiful. Make inspired. Isn't that the person we met? We met them. Might be. I think, yeah. Yeah. All right. It's now time for Python and Hardware. And this week, the big news, the only news, well, we'll do a little bit of other news, is happy birthday, MicroPython. You're nine years old. Woo! Yay. Happy birthday, you're nine years old. Yay, look at that happy snake. So um, I'll talk about some of the things we're doing with MicroPython and for MicroPython. But first up, some highlights. Um, April 29th, nine years ago, was the first line of MicroPython written. And uh, they're up to newsletter number 12. Do check out micropython.org and sign up for it. And you'll get details and cool stats like this. Um, this was from the latest newsletter. 
more in, commits, in the more last, contributors. In the last one year, 1,210 commits. That's up 817 from the previous year. There's about 13,000 commits altogether. 147 contributors up from 93 from the previous year. They released V1.16, 1718. Um, they gained new features. You can go through all of these. And then GitHub sponsors has grown. So they, they managed to get up to $4,150. Um, last year it was uh, per month. Last year it was $1,250. Last year, GitHub sponsors didn't allow organizations to sponsor. So we, uh, I think I did a personal one on the monthly, and then Adafruit uh, donated $9,000. Sorry, $8,000 because it was their eighth, eighth birthday. And um, that's the way we did it. We did a one time there, but you know, you don't get listed on it and we don't do this stuff to get listed. But like, there are some people are like, Oh, why isn't Adafruit contributing? It's like, well, we do. We, they just didn't list it. So, um, we're really pleased to say, um, two things. One, there's a new version of MicroPython coming, uh, 1.19. And, uh, we're synced up with our releases with CircuitPython and the community synced up. But I did want to mention, um, what we're doing. So for MicroPython, now that organizations can sponsor, you can check out github.com hey, forward slash MicroPython. And you can see we are now a sponsor. We're in the first spot right now. I don't know how they arrange it. Maybe it's the latest or maybe it's the most because we just dropped some coin. And we're the 85th sponsor um, that's listed on there now. And they were at 84% to their goal and now they are at 93%. So you can... Bam get it even closer. Uh, if just a few folks do it in this chat right now, github.com forward slash MicroPython, you can do it. And uh, our credit card got pinged and now it's a monthly thing. We're doing um, at least $500 a month to get this started. Uh, we wanna get the word out and we'll be following up on our blog post. Um, we'll be following up on socials. And what we're gonna try to do is just keep parity with like how much can we donate to MicroPython, but also make this so it doesn't end up just being a couple of companies, it's a community effort, so we all have a reason to keep this thing going. Um, we buy hardware from MicroPython, we donate to MicroPython, um, but we also wanna make sure it doesn't turn into just like three or four companies um, doing this. And CircuitPython's kind of on its, on its own, doing its own thing in its own community. And like long-term, I, I expect, uh, just like the direction now, there's more non-CircuitPython boards and Adafruit boards. So um, we're all gonna have to figure out ways to continue to help open source, but this is a direct for sure way. So go to MicroPython's GitHub and do a sponsor, you could do it. Heck, by the end of the show, we could get to 100%. 73% now, you could do it. Make a big, make some noise. For CircuitPython news, I wanted to say, check out CircuitPythonShow.com. Melissa's on there. Yay. Yay, so the latest one, this is episode eight. Melissa is on there being interviewed and more. Congrats, Paul, who's been doing a fantastic job on this. And there was two projects in the CircuitPython world celebrating May 4th. Todd Bot is one, he's in chat. And then there's another one, R2, so I was going to play both of these. What's this? It's the world's smallest targeting computer. I better not turn it off. And that's Python on hardware. Thank you, Blinka. Okay, a reminder, uh, all lowercase. Don't do, don't do the thing I, don't do that. <laughs> okay, 
Uh, ready, Lady Ada? Yeah. We're going to do some open source hardware news. We have 2,667 guides. Wow, I remember when it was like 2,000, it was 2,500. I remember when it was guide number one. We're getting um, we're two-thirds of the way toward 3,000. Yeah. You know, wow. numeric goals are good. Not because of a number, but because it just keeps you going. It's just the fun. I don't and, know. And one of the, the, I remember the first time, it was like, let's get to 500. And then it was like, let's get to 1,000. And then it was like, okay, cool, let's get to 2,000, because now we know this thing. And then it's like 2,600. Yeah, I used to write for 2,600. I think yeah, maybe in a year or two we'll get to uh, Yeah, I think 2, so, too. So what's on the big board this week? Okay, we've got, uh, let me see. Uh, okay, Brent did a massive guide, how to add a new board to Whippersnapper. Um, so Whippersnapper is our no-code IoT platform. It's a layer on top of Adafruit I.O., that lets people um, create components and connect things together um, you know, with various IoT boards. Right now, Wi-Fi is mostly what we're supporting. Um, so ESP32 boards and 8266s and, and boards with an ESP32 SPI add-on like the, the Pi Portal and stuff um, and the, the Funhouse and, and all those boards um, we're, we have support for. It's, um, it uses Arduino to run the firmware because we need something very compact and very fast. Um, and also, it's not very customizable. You, you, you run the firmware once, and then the website does all the customization for you. Um, but if you have a board that you would like added to Whippersnapper, it's actually quite easy to add support, especially if you're using one of the chipsets that, that we heavily rely on. ESP32, S2, um, S3, Classic, uh, ESP32, 8266, or SAMD51 with an ESP32 SPI Wi-Fi coprocessor. Um, those are like the, the main, main nuggets that we're supporting um, because, of course, people love ESP boards. So if you have a board or if you are using a board and you would love to add whippersnapper support so all the right pins show up and the image shows up correctly, check out Brent's guide. Um, he'll tell you exactly how you can add um, support with a pull request. Uh, we've had people add components. I think we had somebody even add a board. So it, it is possible to do so. Um, we just can't do all of them. We're just so busy and we don't have all the hardware. So if you have some hardware, please, please submit a PR um, and we'd be happy to add new boards. And the cool thing is once we merge the PR, uh, five minutes later, it'll show up on Whippersnapper because it's dynamically um, loaded from uh, the GitHub repo. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. We're trying to learn how to make, um, you know, sites where, you know, we have the runtime code, you know, running on our web server, but the data is coming from a GitHub repo that people can submit PRs to so we can get user-generated content in, but do it in a way that's, of course, safe and reliable. Yeah. Uh, next up, um, we've got from uh, Matt Drack 7 who's done some really awesome OS guides before, a guide on Serenity OS. Um, if you want to go back to the days of, of your Pentium 120 installing uh, Slackware 1.5, um, this gives you that look, this classic uh, 90s um, Linux look. I'm trying to remember what Windows Manager I ran. I actually don't remember. I ran quite a few of them on my uh, on my Linux box, but um, this one has it has a nice classic feel to it. So okay. uh, check it out. Got a little Windows Linuxy look. What else? Uh, Liz wrote two product guides: the DVI breakout, including um, how to uh, compile code for the Raspberry Pi Pico to um, output uh, HDMI DVI to the breakout, which is what we designed it for. Uh, we've also got the VL53L4CX. That's a new product from a couple weeks ago. Um, this sensor uh, has Arduino library. It doesn't have Python or CircuitPython yet because ST has not written that library. Um, another thing ST could do that would be wonderful. Um, so right now it's Arduino only, uh, but we have Arduino tutorial. It's a really nice library because it could do up to six meters time of flight ranging, which is like really far. 
Um, like I can't throw that far. So uh, check out that guide. Uh, we've also got um, the mega RGB LED matrix cube. Uh, you've been wanting an RGB LED matrix cube, all of you. Well, we finally did it. We've documented it. We have 3D printed files. Everything you need to make uh, either the most compact cube or the easiest to build cube. There's yes. two builds, same code, runs with a Raspberry Pi 4. Yeah, you're gonna have to find one, but I'm sure you can uh, scrounge one around. Um, and then we've got a lot of awesome demos. We'll show the video shortly. It's a great video. Yep. And then Carter wrote um, an oft-requested guide. Uh, we have this eight-channel I2C um, expander where it's like if you want to connect eight of the same I2C address devices together, um, you can use the, this TC8014, I don't remember the exact part number, um, to do so. Um, but you want a basic guide of like, okay, sometimes you can change the address. How do you do that in Arduino and CircuitPython? If you're using this expander, how do you do that? And make sure that you select um, the right port. Um, there's a couple just little like details to watch out for. We see people make the same mistakes. So Carter wrote this guide that we can point people to because it's, it's pretty common now that people are like, I want to connect you know, five of these time of flight sensors together, but I can't change the address. How do I, how do I do that in Arduino or CircuitPython? It's possible, but you just have to be very careful. Okay. Um, let's do some factory footage. Advanced factory footage. City for us right now, unless uh, this Disney building uh, wasn't being made here. So that's that's our version of made in New York City. Yeah. Big old Disney building across the street. Watch it build. Okay, 3D printing. Okay, this is the tutorial, the guide. This is what a lot of been, folks been waiting for. So. It's not the finale of Moon Knight. It's better. Yeah. So we've had a couple like long-term ideas for Adafruit. Like, when will we know we're at the state of the art for some stuff? Like, what, when will it be easy? Will, will more people be able to use this? Will folks who never thought they could be an engineer, um, younger folks, older folks, 
a diverse group of people doing engineering and sharing. And some of it is like, well, like there's a project that we want to do and it just was not possible. And uh, it was too expensive or too hard and the software wasn't there or whatever. And this LED cube is, is one of them. Um, another one is uh, to be able to wear a movie. So we, I want to make a jacket that is uh, just plays Blade Runner, the whole I movie. Think we're getting there. Yeah, I think we're getting closer and closer. And this is a decade ago we started talking about this. We're like, yeah, one day we'll be there. The LEDs get smaller. There's a certain, it's not Moore's Law, but it's like the density of LEDs on a flexible surface. So um, we have ideas, um, but this is like another little glimpse. And, uh, you know, you got to just keep uh, scratching. You make your little, your, your little dent in the electronic universe. And uh, this will be a project I think that will be super easy for folks. This is something people want, and we just went through and we just did all yeah. the hard parts. We documented it. We did the modeling. We did the plastic design, and we yeah. did, like, it's all and magnetic. It's all done for you, so if you want to make an LED cube. If you cube, always want to do this. You have and, no excuse. We have everything ready. And it's one of those projects where you make it, and it's an heirloom that sits in, you know, it's more than just, like, an electronic project. It's actually, like, something beautiful. So, anyways, here we go. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're building an RGB matrix cube with 25,000 colorful LEDs powered by a Raspberry Pi. This is a six-sided cube that features 64 by 64 high-density RGB LED matrices. It's driven by a Raspberry Pi 4 with an Adafruit matrix bonnet. We have some beautiful demos like this flowing pixel sand demo, which uses an accelerometer for a mesmerizing motion effect. The grains of sand trickle down and move across all six panels, making this physics toy unlike anything else. To drive all six panels, we're using a Raspberry Pi 4 computer with an Adafruit RGB matrix bonnet. This little add-on board makes connecting RGB panels with Hub75 easy to plug and play. We made two different sizes of the cube and both are documented on the Adafruit learning system. The bigger cube features 2.5mm pitch panels with built-in curb cut frames for an easier build. The smaller cube uses 2mm pitch panels and has fully 3D printed frames. It's tougher to construct, but it's the smallest pitch possible. Both cubes feature neodymium magnets, making the panels easily snap fit together. To power the cube, we're using a 5 volt 3 amp USB battery bank. It's compact and small enough to fit inside the cube alongside the data and power cables. This version of Conway's Game of Life was specifically written for the cube to allow the cells to travel across all of the panels. For static displays, we have an image viewer demo that you can use to better understand the cube's typology. Once you've gotten them in the right format, JPEG and PNG images can be displayed. You can experiment with all sorts of texture maps, no matter how bizarre. The globe demo takes images like the Earth and projects it onto the cube while spinning and animating. You can try this out with other planets like Jupiter, the Moon, or even the Death Star. There's an option to wrap the texture vertically so the polar caps are mapped to the corners. Be sure to check out the guide for a full step-by-step -step tutorial on building your own matrix cube. Thanks for watching and be sure to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
Hey, what? Okay, and so um, that was the video from the beginning that we showed. This is uh, a JP head, and one of the reasons um, I thought this was funny is when um, the CEO of Twitter at the time, Jack, left, or whatever version of uh, how things work now, um, started Block, and their about page has all of the people who work there with, like, you know, it's just Photoshopped on a block, but I'm just like, well, like, this would be really neat to do for real, too. So, um, I don't know, maybe they'll see this and uh, they could store their wallet in this. Okay, uh, and then the other thing we've got is a speed up. Yes. And it's dragon based. Don't forget, every Wednesday at 11 a.m., you can learn how to make all this stuff and more with the longest-running live 3D show with no Pedro 3D Hangouts. All right. The code is this, but lowercase. All lowercase. Don't, don't do anything that looks like this. Just all lowercase. Just the I is lowercase. The B should be lowercase. G yeah. And, H. Okay. and uh, that's the code for tonight. 10% off on the for store all the way up to 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, Lady Ada. Mm-hmm. Sign on PI time. That's right. This week's Ion MPI is Teogloss. Teogloss, yes. Um, this is a really cool Irish company that makes a lot of antennas. In fact, you've probably used their antennas. Um, I have before. They make ones for GPS and Wi-Fi and cellular and all sorts of stuff. But this week in particular, we are highlighting um, their multi-band SMT antennas. These are um, ceramic antennas that you can pick in place. They come on a tape and reel and they have a massive wide band. Um, uh, this one in particular, the PA760 um, wide band is 600 to 6,000 megahertz, um, which covers a wide number of bands as shown here, basically 4G, 5G, uh, 3G and 2G. Uh, including uh, Wi-Fi as well. I mean, basically kind of anything really between 600 and 6,000. Um, and you need this because, and I was wondering like, why do you need so many bands? Well, um, I'm used to cellular stuff, you know, when I was first designing cellular stuff with the SIM 800, um, this is a, a GSM GPRS module. Um, so GSM, otherwise known as 2G, uh, covered the whole world with basically quad band, although honestly it's really dual band because you know 850 and 900 megahertz and 1800 and 1900 megahertz are pretty much the same frequencies and they're also multiples of two. So, you know, getting an antenna that could cover those two bands, basically 900 and, and 1900 megahertz, was not too bad. Um, you know, we have one in the store that's that's very inexpensive uh, that covers both and has I think uh, two dBi gain. 
Um, and that was wonderful and great, except that 2G is no longer used in uh, North America and a lot of parts of Europe. Uh, instead, we have, you know, I'm skipping ahead to LTE, uh, which, you, you know, you're probably familiar with because your phone is LTE phone. Well, guess what? There is like, you know, basically 100 bands available uh, for all of the different um, speeds and bandwidths and ranges that people are expected to use. With bands, it's wireless palooza. I know. So, you know, a lot of this is, you know, I don't go through all of these. Some of these, of course, more popular than others, but countries have different bands available. And also, um, depending on the category of LTE, you know, there's, there's categories zero, category 1M, up to category, I think, four or five. The higher the category number, the usually the higher the frequency and the higher the bandwidth is for you know transmitting video, audio, um, you know uh, high speed internet. Whereas the lower categories, category zero, category one, um, those are used for machine to machine stuff. You know what the low cost two G network used to do um, when you just wanted to send temperature data over cellular, or you wanted to you know have a credit card processing machine that just. Uh, sent authorizations over cellular. You don't have to have a very good quality high-speed connection because it's only connecting very rarely. It connects to the cell, you know, the cell network, um, verifies the credit card, and then disconnects. So for that, you might want a less expensive, lower power um, cellular module that uses the LT network, and you might want something that has better range because, you know, it's it's okay if your um, fancy cell phone maybe doesn't work in uh, you know a basement eatery. Um, but we've been to restaurants where um, when you go downstairs, there's no cell phone service. But, you know, if you if you have a alarm system or a fire you know, detection system or a um, credit card processing system that uses cellular, well, it needs to work everywhere. And so those category zero and category one bands might use something as low as 900 megahertz, 600 megahertz uh, to get really good penetration through. Um, walls and through wood and through, you know, even some thin concrete. Um, but again, you know, it's lower frequency. You're not going to be able to carry as much data, but you will be able to carry it a lot farther. Also good for uh, rural areas. Um, so this is an example also of, uh, you know, I looked at another SimCom module. Uh, it's an LTE module that, um, that I've, you know, I've used before. And it's um, LTE, but also has uh, GSM fallback, and that's pretty common too. So even if you're not necessarily, if you're expecting to use LTE, you know, in some countries there might be GSM as a fallback capability, especially in, in some rural areas that still have GSM or 2G. Um, that's another reason why you might want to have multiple bands. Um, so this is the antenna, or a very similar version of this antenna, uh, as an example on a dev board um, by Tauglass. And so this is actually kind of like an IoT all-in-one edge sensor platform thingy. Um, and you can see that, you know, having an SMT antenna is quite nice because first off, it's not that large uh, compared to, I mean, it's big, but it's not that large compared to the cellular module. Um, and it allows you to have like a weatherproof design or an enclosed design without like this like jangly uh, antenna sticking off of it. Um, this could be, you know, so what I thought was interesting is, you know, if you have an, uh, a cellular module, that can do CAT 0, CAT 1M up to, you know, and as well as looks like maybe they have Wi-Fi or Bluetooth as well. Um, this could be handy for um, some projects. And one of the projects that they had as an example was uh, if you have a, a horse farm. So let's say you have a horse farm and uh, you're in um, you know, the Irish countryside and you want to track the location of your horses because they're horses. They, they run. They run very fast. They run very far. 
but maybe you want to kind of know where they are sort of on your property. So you have a GPS module. You need to get that GPS tracking data back to you. Um, but again, you're in a rural area, so you might want to use a Cat1M or you might want to use GSM to get the best range. Um, but then also when they're closer to uh, the farmhouse, you might switch over to Wi-Fi where you don't have to pay uh, for roaming charges. And so that's where, uh, you know, a multi-band antenna could also come in handy if you could switch. You have an antenna switch and you switch between cellular and Wi-Fi. Or maybe you also have LoRaWAN um, and you have like a horse mesh network. Uh, all sorts of ideas. Yeah. And sometimes um, you have to keep track of the temperature of the horses, their, their heart rate. There's a lot of things you have to keep activity. track of. Yes, yeah. so they, they do have, they actually did a horse monitor project, yeah. uh, which I think is a, a great example of um, Who's going to IoT your horse wild horses? Yeah. yeah, so so that edge board, I think this is the same board as we showed before, and this was used uh, for a project called HorsePal um, with, with a company that I think makes horse blankets. Um, I mean, there's nothing, there's really nothing quite more romantic than than having horses in the Irish countryside and you're you're riding them and caring for them and then monitoring them with um, LTE cat 1m modules so uh, yeah these modules um, you know they would slip into the horse blanket and you could use them to uh, locate your horses and also just make sure that they're all doing okay and they're moving fine and here that, is that's right sir I love my horse and I keep track of my horse this is the co-ceo of town glass uh, and I think the blue thing he's holding is is the module, I think, you know, one has the battery on one side and the other side is the edge module. And you see it's in, encased in silicone um, to keep it waterproof because horses, you know, they are, they can roll around in the mud. Uh, so you have to make something that is not going to um, get dirty or, you know, you can't have like an SMA connector where it, which could come loose, uh, which is why it's handy to have your antenna embedded inside. Uh, so if you are excited for an SMT mount antenna, well, you're in luck because there's quite a few uh, models. Um, about half of them are currently in stock at DigiKey. Bellbell DigiKey. Including the PA7760. That's right. Which is also called the Warrior at, X Wideband. At the time of this screenshotting, 2,576. The band of, of frequencies is as wide as a horse's butt. Yeah. And uh, there's a little horse video. But, um, you know, I have to be careful with some of these sales videos because they use um, music. So yeah. we're just going to show you the video. So this is the, you know, do, do, do. This is be the music. Yeah, this this is the logo. Okay. And, and this then, is the horse. And then there was just, like, drum beats. Horseware, that's the name of it. Yeah. And it wasn't, there, there was no horse sounds. It was just music. So I decided yeah, to Yeah, you're not losing off. out on anything with, um, with horses. Okay. Well, there you go. So, Tauglass, thank you so much for... Um, Inspire, you know, I always go to the videos of the uh, company and um, sometimes I just like to pick the coolest one. Not necessarily like exactly the video about the antenna, but it, there was an antenna in that horse blanket. So it's, it counts. Okay. And that's I on MPI. I on MPI. All right, and a little reminder, all lowercase bith, that worked, apparently. That's the, uh, apparently that's the other ways did not. 10%. Um. Yeah, um, but you can also email support if, uh, if I messed up. Okay, um, let's do some new products. That's right. Okay, first up, Lady Ada. Okay, we've got a flippy cable. This is a 34-pin, 
two by 17 IDC cable. Uh, it's rainbowy, it's festive. Um, we're gonna use this to connect our floppy drives together. Um, it's got a keyed and uh, strain relieved edge on both sides. Um, you don't have to use it for floppy drives. You can use it for anything that has a two by 17 point one inch header, but um, you know, chances are uh, you've got something you want to connect from one board to the other. This cable will do the job. Next up, we have a um, battery monitor for LiPo or lithium ion batteries. So anything that's 3.7 volts slash 4.2 volts. Um, and uh, it's pretty easy to use. It's a kind of simplistic design. Um, it's got, you know, basically a, a resistor divider on the back. Actually, go, go to the two images forward. So, yeah, so it's got a, it's basically a little microcontroller and it's got like a resistor divider and um, it does an analog, con, you know, comparison and then it lights up um, the different segments. So if you go back one. You want this one? Yeah, so you can see um, it lights up, you know, the outside basically is like, you know, you have at least 25% and then um, the rest of them light up for each uh, 25, 20%. So if you go to the overhead, although my battery is now being finicky. Okay, so, um, hold on, let me just autofocus. Okay, uh, so this battery, you know, I've had it sitting here for a bit. Um, it's a very basic thing. Obviously, it's gonna drain your battery so you don't leave it in all the time. Um, it doesn't have, um, you know, an exact voltage, it doesn't have an exact percentage, but I think um, there, you know, it's inexpensive and you can just have it in your toolkit and you just want to really quickly check a battery if it's dead or not. Um, this will give you a rough idea of um, your uh, battery percentage range of charge, you know, if it's charged up or if you have to put it in the charger. Okay. Next up, we've got some more beautiful artisanal LEDs. That's right. We've got from Deluxe Delight, we've been getting um, uh, various colors and designs. So uh, this week, we've got these red spikes. I think they're super punk and funky. Uh, but they can also be used if you have like a little garden gnome. We want a red hat on That's it a good that idea. goes up. All sorts of uh, interesting ideas um, yes. you could do. So it's a red LED embedded in a uh, translucent... Uh, clear body, uh, you just uh, provide it with some voltage and it lights up. We also have a blue crystal. We had the yellow crystal a couple weeks ago, uh, following up with the blue crystal. Um, use it for model making, using it for art projects. I don't know, these are just very cool LEDs and I'll show them off on the overhead as well. So this is, hold on. Go to the overhead. Yeah. So this is the uh, blue LED. So it's brightest in the middle, but the whole thing is um, lit up. And then um, ditto here. You know, the bottom is where the LED is, and then the whole um, the whole spike kind of lights up, uh, nice and diffused. So this is two different new shapes, and we've also got you know I think we got some more white skulls that came in and some other um, shapes and colors that we restocked. Okay, and then the star of the show tonight, besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our customers, the community, our staff, is, it's out of this world. It's, yes, well, this space theme today. So this is um, a solder together STS kit uh, where you can make your very own desktop um, uh, discovery. 
this is modeled after the real NASA Discovery, which had like like a hundred missions or something ridiculous. It's a very very popular uh, space shuttle. Um, it comes as a PCB that you break apart, and you have to do a little bit of soldering. There's three, you know, flame effect LEDs. So it has a kind of a cool like it looks like you know thruster flames coming out the back. Um, and you have the stand, and then you have the two pieces that slot together, and then on the bottom there's a coin battery and a switch so you can turn it off when you don't want to have it glow. But um, it's a really adorable, first off, if you love space shuttles, then of course this is awesome. Um, but more importantly, uh, if you want to learn how to solder, this is a great little kit, and it's um, very easy to put together. Yep. And uh, spacey, so um, beautiful silk screen, and you can see it's got like a slide together design. It's got the flame effects. And then on the bottom is the coin cell, which uh, you can pick up at any hardware store or we also sell them. And okay. then turn it off when you're done. Zoom. And uh, that's new products. That's right. New, 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 new. Okay, uh, go post your questions up in Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 34,000 of us, but that's where we're going to answer questions. We're going to go to them. While you're typing your questions up, let's do some top secret. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play two short videos, Lady Ada, and then you're going to talk about the two designs that uh, we're posting up. That's a secret. Yes. So I'm here we go. Take it away past us. Early data, what is this? This is a uh, ESP32 Feather V2, and I've swapped out the CP2102N or CP2102104 uh, with a uh, WCH chip called the CH9102. You can see the WCH logo there. And it's a pin compatible version of a USB to York converter. It uses different drivers. It's not like a complete direct clone. Um, so you'll need new drivers, but it's pin compatible. And um, I was just testing it with, um, uploading code to um, this ESP board at high speeds. So I want to make sure it works at um, the high speed we use, which is uh, 921 kilobaud. Um, this is more info about this chip. It's kind of new, but this is great because I'm having some difficulty getting enough CP2102. So this means I can keep the hardware in stock. We're going to make it through this chip shortage together. So see this update soon in the shop. Lady, what is this? This is a very interesting USB cable. It's got USB-C on one end and then a 2.1, 2.5 millimeter DC barrel jack on the other. And if you look, it says here 12 volt 5 amp. It actually has a USB PD chip inside here molded in so that when this is plugged into an adapter like this one, and you can see here that this one can provide um, a various different voltages like 9, 12, 15, 20, which is perfect because those are the cables I have. Um, and then if I plug that into here, and then I plug the cable in, like so, then on this end, I can measure in a nice clean 12, so a little more than 12 volts. I actually measured this on the scope, and I'm, I put on my load meter, and I got three amps out of it easily, so, because that's the max I could get on my load meter. Um, so this is a pretty cool cable. We'll have these in various voltages, 9, 12, 15, 20, in the Adafruit store soon. All right, Lady Ada, what's this? This is a breakout based on the same chip in that USB PD cable that um, I think will allow you to close some jumpers to select how much current and voltage you'd like to request from a USB CPD uh, power supply. And so we'll try that out. It could be a handy little board. Um, and then, uh, you know, I got these samples of ultra wideband 
um, indoor positioning modules and um, they would make for a great little feather wing because you need a processor and they use SPI and they need a bunch of components. So I put together a quick uh, feather wing design. Well, that's top secret. Okay, we're gonna go right into questions. Okay. So first up, this one, I get to do a cut and paste. Someone wants to know, where's that cool video of that horse? Everyone and, uh, loves horses. It's this, yeah, so the horses video- Horses electronics yeah, in Yeah, it's this video that we showed earlier, um, but instead of it just being um, us doing the narration- You could listen you to can the listen drums. To the music. Yeah. So I also posted the DigiKey part, the social media for the company, and the video of the horse. Okay. Yeah. Ready? It's gonna be the most popular video on the internet tonight. Next up, uh, folks like the shuttle, that's cool. Yeah, Yay. it's good for young folks too. Uh, we also wanted a kit that, um, you know, there's like fighter jets and stuff like that. We wanted something that like, kind of everyone is like, hey, you know, space shuttles. Space shuttles, nice. Space shuttles, like, you know, space shuttles. Uh, okay, next up, question, Adafruit, can you share which ESP32X, the whole family, has been most popular? I think we can. I actually am not, to be honest, I don't know, because the S3 we just w came out with. What's your guess? Or which one do you think I think, I think the classic is the most, but um, I think the S3 could be quite popular because it, it has the dual core and a lot of SRAM on it. But okay. I, it's very new, so, you know, I don't know. All right. Um, the ESP32 Vroom 32D is now NRND. Is there a newer version that's supposed for both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth with a comparable number of IO pins? Um, I mean, it's probably just a, a, a revision, so it's probably like the 32E or something. Um, but check check out the Espressif uh, part selector because they have all the revisions and they can tell you what the latest version is. Okay, no question. Just a hug report shout out to the folks who've been maintaining the Adafruit CAD parts repo over the years, been doing a lot of Fusion 360, tinkering on 3D projects this week and have ready to use models for Adafruit gear has been great for assuring fit and getting a good feel for how things will look when the project's done. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate Snow it. Snow and Pedro did a lot. Yeah. And also contributors. All right. Question. While on the topic of ESP32, thoughts on SMA connector module? We have all sorts of SMA adapters in the shop. So um, check out what we've got. We've got, you know, a UFL, SMA antennas, SMA to SMA adapters, you know, position changers, all that good stuff. Uh, someone just said they noticed that uh, the featured products in our featured section are out of stock. Yep. That's right. That's they're it's very popular. It's a chip popular. shortage. It's a chip shortage. But we have other things. Every day, every way. Do you think we should not have stuff out of stock in the featured section? Or no, they because come, they come people, in and out. people sign up and yeah, they do come in and out of stock. Yeah. And that's how we uh, do business. You figure out what's the best thing you can do and sometimes you got to pick something that's not ideal, but it's the best you can do at the time. That's right. All right. Uh, I'm going to just look around for a couple more questions, and I think we got through all of them. There was, there was a question earlier in the evening, but it wasn't in Discord. Is it about horses? Uh, oh, here it is. Um, well, this is it's a similar one, so close enough. Um, the panels, uh, do they have any type of sensor? Could you make it like a digital Rubik's Cube for the... Uh, could you like do you a touch could sensor? absolutely yeah. add touch screens uh, add touch sensors if you'd like um, and you could have it be touch sensitive that's cool um, folks had some accelerometer ideas with that um, yep someone's gonna someone's gonna make the LED cube and hang it from a chain yeah for sure 
that's going to happen. That's okay. Uh, next up, any updates on the ESP32 S3 Circuit Python BLE HD? Nope. Okay. Do, 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 do. I think that's going to be. Yeah, well, okay. I'll, I'll glance over if there's any other questions. Listen, um, I, we're right on time. We're right on time. Um, don't forget the code is all lowercase Bith. Bith. Because of the best musicians, the well, cantina. Yeah. I think we can all, if you know, if we're going to meet aliens, a peaceful, intelligent, sentient species, hairless, doomed head, doomed, domed heads, black, glassy eyes you could stare into, lacked eyelids, couldn't shed tears. They found work as musicians, scientists, and engineers. What a good gig. Yeah, that's um, me. I sing and I engineer. That's right. So um, that's our show. Special thanks to Zay, who's behind the scenes doing stuff in Slack. Special thanks to everyone in the chats, all of our team, our customers, our community, um, everyone who's just uh, keeping, it better, keeping it together the best you can. We're trying to. hope you've enjoyed this time. And we know you have lots of choices where you spend your time and with who and your money. We very much appreciate it. Don't forget the code is Bith. Bith. It'll be on until 11.59. Here is uh, the last little thing I'd like to do. This has been an Adafruit production. Here is your moment of Zener. Night, everybody.